We are in the age of anxiety. Politics, pandemic, inflation, violence, and war. Isn't it just too much? It doesn't have to be that way. Welcome to the End Anxiety Podcast with James Mead and Friends. Here we'll learn how the Transcendental Meditation Program has helped millions of people cope with stress and depression, and how TM can help you to end anxiety. Welcome to the End Anxiety Podcast with James Mead and Friends. So talk about trauma. Our guest today, Katie Love, has seen it. She lost her alcoholic mom to suicide. At 13, she took on the foster parent from hell, a Jehovah's Witness minister who sexually abused her. She had no money. Yeah. Yeah, she had no money. Her father rejected her. And she tells all about it in her tell-all book, Two Tickets to Paradise. So I'm thrilled to be with stand-up comedian and author Katie Love today. So um, Katie, talk a little bit about trauma. So just, uh, uh, you suffered a lot of trauma in childhood. What was that about and did it cause anxiety and depression? Are you familiar with those things? I would say I'm somewhat familiar with those things. I think that, You know, I think we have a word like trauma that it does get a little bit overused sometimes, I think. But, you know, trauma accumulates is the thing. And if you don't have tools to it, then that trauma turns itself into a beast of anxiety. And then the anxiety oh, wow. starts ruling the roost and wow. uh, has you taking courses of action that may not be in your best interest. So <laughs> yeah, for I mean, me, this, yeah. Go ahead. Now you, Jim, you, it's your show. Well, no, it just, it, you know, when, when I was reading your book and I came to that, uh, you know, the first instance and, and you do it so well, you lay it out so well that I'm like, no, please, please don't have her mother be this worst case here. Don't let that happen. And then sure enough, that does happen, you know, and, and then, <laughs> And so you give little foreshadowings and then you tell these things that happen. And uh, so there you were. Um, and I'm not sure how you handled things before because I've known you since you learned the TM, but uh, you had sure. an awful lot to you had an awful lot to cope with. Well, you know, my coping skills, even when I was with my mother, she died at the age of nine, and I did I was the first, you know, person on the scene of her suicidal uh, departure. Yeah, uh, as I put it. And, um, you know, I dealt with living with her as an alcoholic. She was an alcoholic um, through humor. And I will say that that's kind of one of my winning tools still is that I, you know, I realize that's one of my skill sets and I put humor to use uh, for healing. But of course, you know, you don't really realize that when you're a kid you're just kind of working off of whatever your, you know, your survival survival skills are. And so when my mother died, I went to go live with my sister, who was a very zealous, brand new Jehovah's Witness, and was all too excited to show me pictures of animals lazing by a pool of water and said, you know, this is paradise. Do you want to see mom again happy and living forever in a paradise earth? To a kid that's just found her mother d- dead. Wow. That sounds pretty good. 
I don't know of any nine-year-old that's not going to say yes, please. Plus, she was my legal guardian, and if I wanted to live with her, I had to be in the religion. So wow. I went from trying to save my mother from her own self and her, you know, and her alcoholism and trying to be funny and write little stories and hey, look at me instead of <laughs> drinking and, and you know attempting suicide to trying to save the whole world from you know self-destruction. Uh, in the big war of God and the devil called Armageddon, you know, and so I was tell like, me not just, course, you know, and, and, and to this day, people still laugh. They can't believe that I was someone that might have come to their door to say something like, hi, sh here to share a Bible thought. Uh, have you ever <laughs> thought about living in paradise? And I was just thinking about this the other day. I think I wrote a post about it that my favorite answer to that was, Kind of, uh, and I talk a little bit about one of the one of the guys that answered the door is one of the first uh, chapters about this long, lean musician type that answered the door and said, "I don't know, will you be there?" You know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm 12 years old at this point. I'm trying to preach the word. I'm already having doubts, you know. Um, but one of my favorite answers was was later on in life uh, when I knocked on a door and said, "Have you ever thought about living in paradise?" And the guy just said, "Hell no." You know, just <laughs> that's perfect. Like, I think he's on to something. Run, you know. So. <laughs> but well, yeah, anyway, with the trauma, with trauma, it's like it's an onion, you know, and you're peeling it back and peeling it back. And you're, you know, I have five years of therapy. I, I had, I probably read every, you know, Anthony Robbins book that there was out there. And I used to write for life coaches and rewrite their stuff because I felt it wasn't authentic enough and I would rewrite their whole, you know, programs and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I found TM that I found, like I felt like what it, what TM did for me, and I think I've been doing this now for, I would say, I think I came to you guys in 2016 right after a car accident. So yeah. I've been doing it for like six, seven years, something like wow. that. Wow, wow. But what it did for me was it took all the tools that I had, like therapy and, you know, all the great, the you know, the, there's some really great books out there and, you know, and then just my own love of nature and the tools that I already had. And it just put it all together, but it, it set it on a course of like a deeper, relaxed, easy thinking. And I always laugh when you guys do after after the meditation, you know, when we would do meditations, you guys always said, and was it easy? And, <laughs> and that is so funny to me because I have known, I don't know what our audience here is, but I'm just, I'll, you can, I figure you can fix it in post, but I have a, a joke where I call myself. And the reason I call myself that is because, well, the uterus is just a really strong organ and I will just bulldoze through life and I will make it happen and I will get it done. And if anybody's in my way, too bad, I'm going to come back up the street, down the hill, up the hill until we get what we need. And the, the task is done. And, and then I have that personality. And then I have like this Zen Katie personality is like, take it easy, take a breath. And it is like this constant, like it's hilarious because when you guys say, and it was easy, I always laugh at myself, like, why do I make everything so hard on myself? It's Beautiful. easy. It's so easy. Jim says, was it easy? Nina says, <laughs> and it was easy. 
and and medication is almost so easy that I question it, you know. Well, okay, and, so um, but it really let's, did. Let's cut. Let's cut everything. back. Let's cut back to um, yeah. What a what a great first encounter we had, you know. And so you were you. <laughs> You come from a Jehovah's Witness background. The last thing you want is anything to do with a cult, right? Right. And so, um, so you. You want me to tell that story, Jim? I will. Tell yeah, go story. ahead and tell it. It's so funny to me. I love this story. So, I heard about TM. I think through. I think I saw um, Seinfeld talking about it or something. And of course, as a comedian, you know, we all revere Seinfeld. He's one of the most successful and most lovely comedians on the planet. And I think Ellen does it as well. And I just really admire these two comedians. They're so solid. Yeah, she does it too. Yeah. So I believe both of them had been talking about it. I'm like, what's this TM thing? So I called the headquarters because I'm just that leery of anything that sounds too good, right? Yeah. And I questioned the headquarters. And I was like, well, is this like a multi-marketing level plan? Do I have to like tell a friend? They tell two friends and... Suddenly I find myself selling Amway or what is this thing? And yeah. I remember them laughing and saying, no, this doesn't have anything to do with that. Well, tell, I know who David Lynch is, but why is he involved? What's he doing? Well, there's a grant and they, that we talked about it. And I had just gotten through this car accident. I was in a lot of pain. My neck was really injured and I was just very frustrated about the whole thing. And uh, I thought, you know what? I need to calm down and um, I'm going to go to our local center and check this place out. And we'll just see what we see, even after I called the headquarters. Yeah. So I walk into the TM Center in Encino, uh, in that, in that, at that point, and I see a sign. You know, uh, it's a nice little house, like you know, just normal, whatever. Look very, very unassuming. And in the office portion, it said, "Please remove your shoes." And then it was the introduction night, and I thought to myself, "Oh no." I'm not removing my shoes. Absolutely. <laughs> and I went in and I sat down and, uh, cause my thought was I might need to run out of here. Like I don't know who these people are. This could be such a culty cult cult. I might need to run as fast as I've ever ran. And, uh, so I came into the, to, to the sanctuary and I sat down and you were leading the, the introduction and you said, would you like to remove your shoes? And I said, no, I wouldn't. I'm not comfortable with that. And you said very calmly, all right. <laughs> and, it, and, then it, and then I was ready. You know, I was ready for something to happen. Everybody else had their shoes off, but I didn't care. And then we were sitting there and, and I was really, I just, the more that you spoke about it, it was so scientific and you had, you know, the scientific research that backed up what happens in the brain when we, when we uh, meditate and how beneficial it is for our health. And I knew I had all this pain in my neck and I, I was so sold by the, by the end of it, but I never told you guys, I think I went for months before I told you why I wouldn't remove my shoes that day. I think I, <laughs> and you guys used to have these Wednesday night things where we would eat soup afterwards. And I remember we were all standing around eating soup and there were some new people there and they were talking about, you know, what they thought about TM and how, they had some doubts and stuff and little worries. And I said, oh, that's nothing. I thought they were a cult. And I wasn't going to take my shoes off because I wanted to make sure I could run out of there if I needed to. <laughs> and we all just cracked up. And, you know, now I'm such a, a fan of TM and uh, totally recommend it. But, yeah, Beautiful. I was, um, 
Yeah, I was rather untrusting, distrusting. You were, you were, um, you know, and we see that kind of a quick, you know, acceptance. We see it all the time and it's a big leap. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, so you have this fabulous book, you know, Two Tickets to Paradise. And yes. um, so it's been like six years and you had a manuscript for it when I first met you. And, uh, you know, yes. it, it's kind of a life work, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. my first question is, um, I think the TM must have had something to do with your finding a publisher for it. Because actually finding a publisher for a memoir, I never had the heart to tell you. It's like impossible, you know? It's it is just not easy. And here's the really funny part. When it came right down to it, it was easy. And that is the message. I mean, why can't I remember this throughout my life every day? Well, I think when you are a survivor of trauma, you do have that kind of Dr. Doom syndrome sometimes where good things happen and you're looking over your shoulder, you're hoping something bad isn't coming. You know, you're yeah, kind of geared yeah. up as a yeah. when you have trauma as a kid to expect that don't get too comfortable. You got to be, you know, you constantly have to be on guard. And, you know, what's great for me about TM is that I have those 20 minutes, you know, a day, twice a day to where I can let my guard down and I can I can remember that things are easy. And hilariously enough, I had been I, I've had some fancy agents. Yeah. I had I believe Putnam was one of the first major publishing companies that were interested in Two Tickets to Paradise from Cult to Comedy. Nice. which is the new title before it was called knock knock growing up jehovah's witness but that title didn't really cover some of the darker portions of the book because it really is classified as a comedy tragedy yeah you know, i like very, that one too i like the knock yeah it's knock. very dark but that just sounded too like knock, knock, you know and i just felt like that wasn't the right title so i was really happy to change the title yeah to what it is now. but putnam did not know what to do with the comedy in my book so they 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 said no. And and once they said no, it kind of spiraled from there and couldn't get my agent at the time couldn't get a yes from anybody. And so wow. he shelved it and you know, years went by and then I filed a case uh against the Jehovah's Witnesses. And through that case, there was some research that was done through a detective that worked for the law firm that put me in touch with information that I did not have. And that helped me when I got that information that was part of, you know, this discovery process, it gave me an ending that I, that really needed to, to it changed the ending of the book. Yeah, so the yeah. epilogue of the book is different than the, the book that I marketed when I met you. And yeah. so I am working, you know, I was already working with a company, Crew West Studio, um, and uh, the who's now my publisher and we worked on, uh, we were doing some comedy uh, productions together called Laugh Gallery, where we make fun of art and art makes fun of comedy. And it's kind of this really fun uh, take on, on uh, the arts. And so we did some stand up uh, um, shows and we did, you know, uh, some other production stuff and blogs and, and interviews and podcasts and whatever. So, we were already working on that and I was already working for him as a writer. And one day we were out and I was just like, I'm so frustrated that I have to go find another agent, find another publishing company. I'm sick of writing query letters. I know this book is good. I know it can help people. And he just looked at me. I think we were having ice cream. It was just so like, it was so yeah. mellow. And I 
was just sort of complaining. Like, I was kind of being bitchy, you know, and he just looked at me and he says, well, we're a media company. I come from the publishing world. He's published over 50 books. His early career was in publishing, and they do all kinds of great media stuff. And he goes, we should just publish it. And I was like, I remember I was like mid-bite, and I go, what? And I go, seriously? And he goes, yeah. And I don't know why I never went to him and said, publish my book. <laughs> I never, it no, just never that's... hurt me because I was doing other things with him. And um, and then became, you know, the poor guy's nightmare. Because, uh, you know, independent publishing is no picnic right now. Yeah. I know you yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And you really do need to be in TM if you want to be in publishing. I was going to tell you that right now. Should, you, want to be a pub- you want to be a publisher? You want to be an independent author? Start TM today because there are so many little hoops to jump through and you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And, okay, so here's the here's yeah. the, the beautiful part. First of all, it was so easy. It was right it in was. front of you. And that's a, that's a TM thing too, you know, mm-hmm. where our desires get fulfilled. And so yeah. and now how did it affect your writing? You know, the you know, the writing that you did was there a difference once you did the TM? Well, here's the thing, that new ending that I just got chills because getting that information, it was a painful piece of information, but it really gave for the catalyst that this book needed. My early readers were like, well, whatever happened to the abuser? Well, whatever happened to the other girls in that family? Well, did you ever get justice? Whatever, like I couldn't end it that way because the ending wasn't in front of me. I had to end it kind of more of in a general term. Right. that I did through humor, but it right. didn't have the catalyst that we wanted in a book like this, where you've had your, you you've taken your reader down this path and shown them all this stuff that's happened, and they're like, we want a big, like, ending here. Well, I didn't have it, because it hadn't happened yet, you know? Yeah. And so, what was really interesting about that is when it first, when the knowledge first came upon me that I needed to change the ending, I was like, oh my god. And then I was like, oh no, actually... Everything works. You just need to. This is your new ending right here that used to be your ending ending. But now all you need to do is add an epilogue. And it was so clear. And it was clarity. So yeah, it's beautiful. It was clear. The clarity. I think it. I think I worked on it for a couple of weeks. I yeah. thought I was going to be rewriting for months. No. Nope. And then I let that sit. I mean, in writing, I really believe you should write something and let it sit. For a couple of weeks, especially yeah. something that's really personal, let it sit for a couple of weeks. Let it go to the beach, go on a trail, meditate, listen to some favorite your favorite music, go see some movies, have parties, just go do other things, live, and then go back to it with, with a fresh set of eyes. And when I went back, I was so pleased. I did a light edit, and then I started marketing it again, and it was probably, I think it was about six months into the process of marketing three, it was like a three to six month process before we were having ice cream that day. And, and he's like, well, we should just publish it. That's now, beautiful. hopefully he doesn't regret that. Now he's excited. And now we're marketing the film rights. So we're pretty, we're pretty excited. And I have so much work to do, you know, to get the book out, as you know, um, and to get it read, reviewed and out, out into the bookstores and do signings and readings. But when I you get know, to that point where I'm, oh, it's so much, I have to remind myself, 
it's easy. And I hear your voice and I hear Nina's voice. <laughs> that it's just like, and, and Katie, was it easy? And I was like, yeah, it was easy. Yes. <laughs> and, and we also remind yes. them, do the meditation. Do the meditation. When they go and get stuff, meditate. <laughs> yeah. Now, tell yeah. me, you know, we've only got like a couple more minutes, but um, sure. how about with stand-up? You know, once you started the meditation, you know, you go out there on stage in front of that, you know, unforgiving audience. And uh, <laughs> how is it with the, now that you meditate? When, you know, for the longest time when I did stand-up, I would over-practice and really get uptight and everything. And when I started TM, I just realized it was a natural expression of myself. And I don't even know if I connected it to TM, but now when I think back about when this happened, it was around that same time. Yeah. Where I would make myself like nervous because I wasn't nervous. I would just like, I'd be ready to go on stage and I'd be waiting for those butterflies and they didn't come. Now, was that because I've been doing comedy for 20 years off and on already? Or was it because of TM? I can't say for sure, but it was probably TM because it happened around <laughs> the same time where it doesn't matter what the gaps are between when I have a show. I don't get these terrible butterflies. I don't have huge stage fright anymore. I'm solid. Wow. Even if I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to say, I know that what's inside me is the funny expression that I naturally am. And I don't have to be, I'm not, I don't have to worry about it anymore. No, that's a beautiful transition. And, and I bet you're even funnier. <laughs> I hope so. I've been very pleased with the sets that I've had lately. And uh, what it does too, is it gives you enough peace where you have more clarity to create new things. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a creative people always have a long list of projects they want to do, but sometimes they don't have the mental energy or the emotional clarity to embark on those projects. Yeah. They're cluttered. Their mind is cluttered. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, I've had it where I've forgotten to do meditation or I've, you know, left it for a week or so. And I can definitely see the difference when I don't do it. And I mean, I am not a perfect meditator, but I'll tell you what, I can I can really vouch for the difference that it makes as a creative person in the arts and business. And, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It really does make a difference. Yes, it's it's just been sweet to see your um, progress since you started, you know, and I was Thank rooting you, yes. for you. Yeah, I was rooting for you. And now you're going to blow everybody away. You're even going to become a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. And, uh, yeah, well, well, there should be a way we, we work it in where the camera goes to me with my shoes off at a meditation. And only you and I will know the job. <laughs> That's right. It's enough. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> so, so, um, all right. So, how would you sum up then for our audience today um, mm -hmm. the value of TM in in, uh, in the life of an author, comedian, slash former uh, Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> way, way, way former. Um, I would say that it gives you peace it gives you a leg up in an industry that can be harsh because it gives you an opportunity to have the kind of self-care that is lasting that makes a true difference in your day and when you sit down and do that for 20 minutes 
it's like your mind says thank you. And, you know, we get caught up in promoting and creating and giving all this energy out, out, out. And that well needs to be refilled. And when that well is dry, you can't give your talent out to the world like you want to. And that's a gift. It's almost, I, I made a post yesterday. I had insomnia last night. I wake up and have ideas and I call it insane, insomnia, but sometimes I write little posts. And I wrote a post last night that said, it's your, it's your divine right and your duty to shine your unique talents out onto the world. And, and then I said, good night, good morning. I believe it was four o'clock in the morning. And then I went right back to sleep. I just needed to say that. But when you do that, there's a, a back and forth to it, but there's also, you have to be careful when you're creative that you, that your well doesn't get too dry. I mean, the same thing with parenting, any job, really you're, you're, when you give a lot, that well can go dry and you can find yourself with anxiety, depression, you know, um, and an inability to move forward. So I think TM helps fill that well. That's how I would describe it. Well, that's beautiful, Katie. And so this TM keeps your well uh, full. And um, also, we want to mention again that your your book, um, Two Tickets to Paradise. Paradise, From Cult to Comedy. Uh (laughs) (laughs) From Cult to Comedy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. And the book, of course, of mine is the is End Anxiety, and yeah. the author is James Mead. And uh, we'll see you and enjoy and the rest. <laughs> Thank you. See you and enjoy the rest of your life. Thank you for listening to the End Anxiety podcast with James Mead and friends. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope we were able to help you or help you to help a loved one who is struggling to cope with anxiety and stress during these very difficult times. Although the Transcendental Meditation Program has helped many people across the globe cope with anxiety and depression, this podcast does not claim to dispense professional medical advice. If you think you are experiencing a mental health crisis, we strongly urge you to consult with a healthcare professional. The End Anxiety Podcast is produced with the kind support of Scout Media and Select Book Publishers, with editing and audio production provided by Kenichi Sugihara. Our theme music, Looking Back, was written and performed by the group Paper Planes. If you like the content of this podcast, please subscribe on whatever platform that you use to get your podcasts. And please hit the like button to let them know that you approve of our work. Last but not least, End Anxiety, the book, is available wherever books or ebooks are sold. And it is full of even more useful information about anxiety and the benefits of transcendental meditation. My name is James Mead. Thanks again for listening. And tune in next week for another episode of the End Anxiety Podcast.